We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 NFL Week 16 Best Bets. We are rolling this out a day early to give people a chance to consume it before the Saturday games and Christmas and everything like that. So do us a favor in the spirit of the giving season. Smash the like, sub to the channel, sub to the newsletter, and play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League. The link is available down in the description. Coming off what I would call a pretty decent week, guys. Rob Pozzola from BetStamp.app and Cam Stewart from sportsgrid.com where you can check him out up there all the time i would say we had a pretty successful week 15 after a horrible week 14 uh my career record of zero percent when i'm opposite cam continues on though yeah that's not great is it cam another gold pick winner <laughs> hey love the gold love the gold. i wish i had more gold in my portfolio pat but more cubic zirconia but hey let's let's keep rolling let's win some money and buy some uh Better turkey, you know, go 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 organic and uh, some better gifts instead of the crap I got right now. It's nice that Pozzola's in the holiday spirit with his uh, sweater, Pat. I was just telling him I have nothing. Like, I had a loser Charlie Brown tree and a wreath. Want to take a look at this? Lose, look at this thing. That's what I get. <laughs> Dude, absolute stooge. Take a look at this tree too, Mayo. You want to talk about a loser? Like, this thing's like not even like half a foot tall. Like, I got nothing. My neighbor actually offered me her tree from outside. I might accept the tree though it's it's work right like something like that it's nice you you put it up on i guess on your desk or something because it's that small but yes. you, there's no work to in the corner at the end of the year you just throw yeah. it in a closet yeah it goes in the corner yeah, yeah. with my ba- with my bag of groceries like with sobe's logos on them instead of christmas bags because i'm a tool anyway uh, let's just win money today that's that's the goal yeah we'll win some money and then you can get yourself a nice tree for the future thank you Yes. And uh, we have a Christmas cuss corner coming out on Christmas Day because I know a lot of people Ooh. are like being stuck at home or, you know, who knows what people are doing at the holidays this year. So if you need to kill some time, we got almost like a two hour holiday Christmas themed cuss corner where can we do talk about real trees versus fake trees and fake trees are so good at this point. Even cussed doesn't really have a problem with them. Uh, real trees are for like these needles are falling everywhere. You got to need a blanket. Like honest to God, get a fake tree. Like you're, you're right, Pat. Like they used to be like losers, like the one I got there and they're all bent and whatever, but now they look uh, pretty pristine and real, very authentic. Uh, Pizzola, is there a chance that you're going to not go against cam this week on the show? Uh, I mean, there's a chance I would, I'd say probably about a third of the weeks I, we end up opposing each other in some way. So I'd say based on the fact that we had opposition last week, I think we'll probably be in agreement this week. Well, that's good, because Cam and I both hit our gold pick. Cincinnati and the Indianapolis Colts came through. Obviously, New England kind of tanked for you against those Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we went 2-1 and one on the silver picks, and we went 2-1 and one on the bronze picks, because 
Now, the big dogs came. They came barking. The Jets covered. The Saints covered. The Saints won outright for you. But poor old Squaresville Rob Pozzola taking Green Bay minus five and a half did not work out, sir. It did not. I mean, in hindsight, I still, I would make that play a hundred times out of a hundred, right? You make a bet at minus five and a half that closes minus nine and a half. I mean, uh, listen, like that, that's basically what I'm doing in sports is trying to beat numbers as much as possible. Mission accomplished there. Um, even like the, the silver pick was, I think Dallas last week, that ended up being a major sweat, (laughs) having to sweat the Jake Fromm final drive there. That was, that was brutal. But yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's sports betting. I mean, a lot of these games come right down to the wire. At one point in the game, the Packers looked like a, a lock to cover that number. And then the Ravens had a huge fourth quarter. Well, let's try to keep it going. Like Christmas week, people could use some money after they spend all their money on presents. And maybe you can have an extravagant New Year's. Who knows? So I'll start off with my gold pick since we're doing this a day early. We normally do it on Fridays, doing it on Thursday this week. As you know, if you're watching on Thursday, if you're watching at regular time on Friday, how would you know? I guess you wouldn't, but that means we can talk about the Thursday night game for the first time all year, and that's what I am making my gold pick, fellas. I see that the spread is moving towards the Tennessee Titans. It's now minus three. All of our lines from DraftKings Sportsbook opened at three and a half. First thing I did this week was bet San Francisco minus three and a half, figuring it would go to six and a half. I was wrong on that. I'm not going to get good CLV. No closing line value for Pat. Opposite of that, I don't care. I think that the 49ers absolutely wax the Titans on Thursday night. And if I can try to find the player prop, whatever Julio Jones's under is, because apparently he's going to play, bet that too. Cam, I feel like you're on me with San Francisco here. I got futures on San Francisco, Pat, at like 65. Like, I got to check it out. Like, I got involved with these guys a long time ago. Colts, San Fran, Minnesota. Those were the teams that I looked and said, they're crazy odds. And I'm with you, buddy. I'm cheering for San Francisco too. My boy, Visine Vince, that's his team, even though I'm a Seahawks fan. We saw what happened against the Rams. Had nice refing in that game, by the way. Oh, kidding? my God. Like, honestly, are you kidding me? Like, this is, as I said, it's worse than wrestling now. DJ Dallas got molested. Uh, anyway, I'm with you, Pat. I'm going for the San Francisco 49ers. I hope they cover the spread. I hope you have a great uh, turkey day with your family. And, I, yeah, I'm, I'm down with the program. Tennessee's got real problems right now. They can't move the ball with Tannehill. You saw those drives against Pittsburgh. Turnover, turnover, turnover. Hey, can they flip on a dime? Can they play better? Sure, but now it's a field goal. Yeah, I think San Francisco should get it done. Not my favorite game of the week, but I like the Niners. I just look, Rob, like at the advanced stats on both of these teams, and obviously Tennessee's is a bit muddled because, oh, they, they were good, and then they lost like their three best offensive players besides Ryan Tannehill, and then their offense went into the tank, and their defense, at least in coverage, has still been pretty good. Their run defense is pretty weak, and we know that's how San Francisco is going to attack them. You know, there's probably not going to be any Elijah Mitchell here, but relatively healthy Niners team at the moment. And yes, it looks like A.J. Brown is going to play. No idea how healthy he actually is. Apparently Julio is playing, despite the fact that he couldn't finish on Sunday with the same hamstring injury that has caused him to leave every game over the past two years. Books are being smart. They're not hanging a number on Julio just yet. So you're going to have no. to wait till closer to game time on that one, I'm imagining, if they open it up at all. Is this like if the Titans cover this spread, it's going to have to be like a 16 13 game, it feels like. And then Tannehill last week against Pittsburgh basically just threw the game away to them. They just kept turning the ball over, which was his one saving grace. It feels like the wheels are falling off for the Titans. I still like them moving forward once they get everyone healthy, but I feel like they're now under the illusion that they're healthy and just they're really not. They're just forcing people to come back so they can try to win a game. Yeah, and then to to top it off for them, Taylor Lewan, their left tackle, is out this week. Roger Saffold, their left guard, is on the COVID list and I believe is not playing as well. So they do get some reinforcements. I mean, A.J. Brown has not been activated yet. He's on the IR eligible to return list. It seems very likely he will get activated to play. And then Julio Jones, as you mentioned, that's why the line is moving towards Tennessee. If you look at these midweeks moves in the NFL, it's almost always related to news in some capacity. So that's why you're seeing some Tennessee money because obviously they're getting some players back, but I feel like the O-line issues are going to be a major problem for them against the San Francisco pass rush with Bosa and Armstead being their defensive ends, being able to get after the quarterback. The 49ers are just this team that in my eyes are like, they're rounding into the form that we thought they would be coming into the season. Like people forget that coming into the year, they were on par with the Rams but no one would talk about them now as being on par with the Rams. We can have a a debate about that for sure. Uh, I think this is a San Fran or nothing game as well. Um, The one thing I will say though, is that 
if the Tennessee passing attack, like if the Brown and Jones being in there, like if they're healthy in any capacity, um, like that could really bolster this offense because since Derrick Henry's went up, went out in week eight, the running game hasn't actually suffered all that much. You look at their efficiency metrics, running the ball, yards per carry, everything related to that. They've still been running the ball fine. It's just that they can't pass the ball anymore. They can't throw the ball downfield. So now maybe getting Brown and Julio back into the lineup, having this healthy complement of receivers on the field does something for them. Uh, I don't I don't really necessarily buy it. I think San Fran minus three is a, a pretty good price. Well, they have been running the ball like when you look at it on a per play basis as well. But I went and investigated the stats of seven guys in the box versus eight guys in the box and teams don't play eight in the box against the Titans anymore. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of uh, that's true, actually, that's a really good factor. And, and like context matters in the grand scheme of things. When they did have Derrick Henry, other teams were looking to shut them down a little bit more. Now other teams are looking to shut down the passing game and they kind of just let them run the ball. So that's a, a valid point. But like this could be an ugly situation. Like if if AJ Brown doesn't get activated or Julio Jones leaves the game again, he will they just don't have that. That's, depth that, that, that's the bet. He doesn't finish the game. That's why you just every time that he's entered like the it. week on like the injury report, yeah. just bet his exactly. whatever prop it is under and he just leaves the game after 10 minutes. I'm absolutely floored that he had a full practice yesterday. Like when I saw that, I almost spit out my coffee. I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to end well. Maybe they just use him as a decoy in some capacity. I don't know. But like the depth at receiver is Westbrook Akine, Chester Rogers, Cody Hollister. Like this is where San Fran struggles is is their secondary play. Great ex Seahawk. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no! It, it was it wasn't Jacob Hollister the Seahawks. It was ja- oh yeah, sorry, Jacob, that's right, wrong Hollister. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, like where, where you want to take advantage of San Francisco? I just don't think, unless they've just been sandbagging us, and Julio and AJ Brown are just fine. They've been saving everything for this game in particular. Then yeah. I'm in real trouble. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Neither do I. I mean, I, I think I think at minus three, I could only look at the 49ers in this game. If they lose this game, then things get real, Pat. They still have a little bit of wiggle room in the AFC. Like, if you look at the record, right? It's one of those things, like, if the Titans lose tonight, then they're like, okay, okay, let's get real. Like, we, we need to get Derrick Henry back, and we need to do something now because we have problems. But I still think there's a little bit of wiggle room, all these other teams jostling for position. Yeah, it's Niners or nothing for me. All right, so that's it. Listen, this is how confident I am in my best bet right now is that I'm giving you a Thursday game, which I almost never bet. And I know that's going to be completely out of date with the chance of making me look absolutely ridiculous <laughs> to lead the show when most people watch or, or listen to it or on look Friday. at the positive side or brilliant or yes. brilliant. See, that's exactly. the thing. That's the way it rolls. Yeah. All right. Mr. Pizzas, Rob Pozzola, who are you going with as a gold pick? Uh, I am going to go to the Monday night football game. Oh, don't do this. Pozzola. <laughs> you and I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's my gold pick. That's your... <laughs> Okay, so we're in agreement that that answers your question off the top of the show there, Pat. Uh, listen, like, I can't think of a worse bet than, uh, listen, there's lots of bad bets, but needing New Orleans to win by four <laughs> to win a bet yeah. is a very bad bet right now, in my opinion. So, like, there's not much separating these two teams. I know the Saints defense played a great game against Tampa last yeah, week. That's what they do every game against Tampa. Exactly. Cam outlined it on the show last week. Their offense is still a massive liability. Like Taysom Hill's finger injury just continues to be a problem. They're going to lean heavily on Alvin Kamara like they are going to have to. Miami's just a league average rushing D, but they're not dumb. They're going to stack the box. They're going to make Hill try to beat them through the air. And the Dolphins have two good cover corners in Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, that are going to play one-on-one with not great receivers, Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway. They don't really have to worry about getting beat over the top by Taysom Hill. So I think the Saints offense is going to struggle again. Miami gets Jalen Waddle back on the field. So they have the full complement of weapons. And one thing I will say about the Saints defense, as good as they've played this year, where they struggle the most is defending these short underneath passes. Passes one to 10 yards down the field. They're one of the worst teams at defending that in the entire league. And that's what Miami really likes to do. Get the ball out quickly to their receivers, get them the yards after the catch. I think it's a good matchup for the Miami offense. I could never get to three here unless I give the Saints like this massive home field advantage. Uh, So I like the Dolphins quite a bit, Monday Night Football. Yep, Pozzola said it, Pat. Letdown spot. They always play good. And Bruce Arians talked about this. He goes, I've always had a problem with the Saints. Every single place I've gone, I don't know what it is. 
the way they drop their safeties, the way they play their coverages, they have good disguises, but that's that's against them. With Miami, Pozzola's right. This team, they made some great adjustments against the Jets when the Jets came out hot in that game. They absolutely murdered them in the second half. And you're telling me the Saints, this is the biggest letdown spot going. You beat Tom Brady in the Bucs, you shut them out, now you're playing Miami. Miami's playing for something, too. I like Miami outright. Give me the damn points. That's party. I will, I will say th- about that Dolphins-Jets game last week, it's also very misleading because the Jets – came up with all these like gadget plays trick early like, yeah. they, 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 the Jets were playing their Super Bowl last week basically coming off a of bye week they had all these different trick plays by the time they got to the second half the Dolphins defense like really was just the two a pick six right which was a yeah. bad throw and uh, listen like I'm not going to excuse him for that he has a tendency to make those mistakes but overall the Dolphins did get it together in the second half last week yep. my, my biggest issue here and why this I, I don't have a very good lean on this game either side. Like I think that Miami is probably the correct play. I picked the Saints when we did the spread pick show because this is this feels like such a step up in class for the Dolphins to play a real defense for the first time in two months that maybe they just devolve back into the Dolphins that we saw for the, like the first six weeks of the season. That would be my biggest fear here. And I know that the New Orleans offense isn't all that good, but like you, as you always point out, Rob. Maybe that they can change back their defensive scheme, but they kind of do two things that don't really work against the Saints, or at least on paper shouldn't work. Maybe they'll adjust us. They have two great coverage. You know what, Pat? Yeah. The Saints have the Saints have also been beating up a bunch of losers too. Look at the defenses in their division. The Atlanta Falcons suck. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not. Right? I, I, like Tampa I, I, Bay's Tampa Bay's got Richard Sherman on the field. The guy's an old man. Like, that's the whole thing. They I look at it this way. They haven't seen a defense like Miami with the guys that they have on the team. Like Taysom Hill might be get beat up in this game pretty hard. Uh, potentially so. I was going to say that I could see New Orleans covering the spread 10-3 or something stupid like that. Oh, yeah, that, that, is the score, that. that is the scoreline. If, if New Orleans does cover, that's the <laughs> yeah, scoreline. But, yeah, 9-3. But, but that's kind of like my point here. It's like we're, we're, very, we're trying to envision a state in which New Orleans covers by scoring points, and we can't. It's difficult to do that. So for to like anyone laying New Orleans minus three, you need them to win by four to win your bet. That, I'm not saying that they can't do that, but with the way that the offense is playing right now, to me, that's just a very bad wager in the NFL. And I, I referenced the, these underneath passes. So underneath passes are one to 10 air yards in the NFL. The Saints defense is 30th in yards per play, 24th in yards after the catch, 22nd in EPA per play. So bottom 10 in all those metrics. And that's exactly how the Dolphins run their offense. Like, so to me, I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a hidden like kind of matchup advantage that I think the Dolphins actually be able to move the ball in this game. It's a hidden matchup advantage, but it's not like the Saints don't know this going into the game either. They know how the Dolphins can't beat you, and they know how the Dolphins can beat you. And I do think that their defense, especially now that they're all healthy again, is good Mm -hmm. enough just to kind of stymie the offense. Here's my issue with the Dolphins' defense in this game. The two things that they do really well, and this will take a massive adjustment on their part, don't really stop how this iteration of the Saints offense runs. They have two great cover corners. No big deal. The receivers suck. It's not like that's how they're moving the ball anyway. And then they blitz to hell every single time. But Taysom Hill is actually a quarterback that you don't want to blitz because all they do is run. Like they, if you start blitzing guys from all over the place, one miss from Kamara and he is gone. One, one RPO from Taysom Hill and he's gone. Yep. So I do think the Dolphins defense, unless they adjust at the same time, which I would expect them to do, because I think the floor is, is a very good defensive. <laughs> That's line, what I was going to say. Yeah. That, that it could be problematic if they continue to play the way that they're playing. You guys are bringing good data to the table. I'm bringing emotion. After you shut out Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, no, this is why we good, we're good on the show. You guys are crunching numbers and I know numbers too, but I'm also thinking about I, letdown spots are a real thing. The Saints in that game, just the way they won that game against Tampa Bay, the way they played it, it's just, to me, this just seems like such a flat spot. I know that sounds crazy in the NFL this late in the season, but, and the Dolphins are trending in the right direction. There's just a lot of things to like about Miami right now. Well, Cam, looking at the sheet right now, you are 12-2-1 on gold selection so far this year. We'll say that Andrew Cust is guaranteed a cover in this game for Miami in his attempt to sabotage Miami's chances. Are you? Really? So okay, but 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 see see that that's when when you do stuff like that, where your intent is to sabotage the other team, like that's bad karma on Cuss's part. He doesn't actually believe that Miami's going to cover. He's just doing it to try to get the Jets a boost. And when you start doing stuff like that, you're messing with. Why the, the hell is he even get the to play for draft picks? It doesn't even make any sense. Who uh, cares about the Jets? Like, why? Because you got a problem with the divisional rival? Like, oh yeah, is it, 
Yeah, uh, give me a break. So after the game last week, so one of like our, so Tim's one of my best friends. I have another best friend, yeah. like another very good friend named Tim, who is a huge Dolphins fan, who just basically mm-hmm. sends stuff to Cuss to trigger him. But here's the sneaky thing: Cuss' dad is a huge Dolphins fan. So Cust went for dinner after the game with his dad uh, after he had watched the Jets obviously lose to the Dolphins. And as soon as Cust walked in the door, uh, Tim's dad has this snowman that sings the Miami Dolphins theme song, and he just played it on repeat for 20 minutes until Tim left. So, yeah. That's I, like Cust. I like Cust's father. It's, yeah. it's, it's good. Very, it's something Pozzola would do to me, right? Pozzola with the I would definitely, song? Yeah. I could definitely see myself <laughs> doing that to Cam. Yeah. Back in the day when we were in the same office, I, I would totally would have done something like that. Yeah. If it was a Cowboys-Seahawks game and the yes. Cowboys won, I would have done something similar. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, I have two picks that I like this week, uh, basically. So For silver? I, uh, for no, just just in general. So San Francisco was oh, okay. one, that's why I led with the Thursday game this time around. So I am going to take Cincinnati minus three as my silver oh. pick. I betted it at two and a half once it was released. Yep. I'm still like I don't not not that I don't think that it matters whether or not Lamar plays, but I think it doesn't matter if Lamar's like. 60% and he tries yeah. to play because if he has a sprained ankle and he's trying to run around, well, he's not going to be able to run around. And besides the Browns, the Bengals have put a hurting on their division rivals so far this season. You just think about what Baltimore is good at at the moment and bad at at the moment. And they can't cover anyone deep. That's exactly how the Bengals got them last time. Their offense does seem a little bit out of sorts, but it seems like their defense is getting a whole lot better going through it. I stuck with it last week, Rob, even though you said that they might have these COVID problems. Fortunately, Mm -hmm. those never materialized. They go in and they play a crappy game against Denver, but one of those games that you have to win. You need to pick up those type of crappy wins along your season schedule if you're going to make the playoffs. Like You just don't got it that day. And then Drew Locke comes in the game. You're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fine. Don't worry about Denver anymore. But I think they kicked the crap out of the Ravens here. Uh, I I had this game at minus six when I said what I probably would have made the spread. I think the Bengals are severely underrated against just a Baltimore team that it's funny, I, and it was actually Cust who, or maybe it was Cust or Jeff who brought up this point, but Rob, you brought up that when you looked at the numbers like four or five weeks ago that Baltimore had been greatly overachieving. It still feels like they're overachieving losing these one-point games. That was when I referenced the Pythagorean theorem. Yes. And uh, and and Cam was... Uh, I understand. David. Yeah, I know. You weren't into it. And I agreed time, with you, too. Yeah, I you said did, the Ravens break. No, 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 right. I agree. Thank um, you. I actually was going to make the Bengals my silver pick as well. So I'll piggyback off of this. I can't believe this. Like we haven't even talked to each other. I love the Bengals this week too. I wasn't <laughs> I, sure if I was going to go silver or bronze. Like, this listen, is kind of scary now. I, I don't think it was a fluke that the Bengals dropped 41 on the Ravens last time they played. Like this is a defense that in my opinion is tailor made for the Bengals offense because they blitz at a very high rate. Ravens are a top five blitz team in the entire league. Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the league against the blitz. And now the Ravens have no one in the secondary. I mean, they have major injuries going on in that secondary, and they're going to leave these corners one-on-one against uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Like, that to me is a recipe for disaster. And you look on the other side of things, Baltimore's got injuries on the offensive line. Their left guard, Ben Powers, might not play. Their right tackle, Patrick McCarry. Trey Hendrickson can cause some major problems. And to me, I agree with you, Pat. It's not that I, like... I definitely, I think Lamar Jackson is better than Tyler Huntley. I think Huntley played great last week, but he also played like kind of a stinker against the Bears. So you got to balance it out. But it doesn't matter to me because Lamar is obviously going to be playing injured if he does play in this game. I saw Harbaugh's comments yesterday. It's still kind of a toss up. If he, if he doesn't play, the number is going to move up even further. If he does, I think he's limited and he's just not a great downfield passer. Like to have Lamar limited with an ankle injury. I think that's just a recipe for disaster for, for the Ravens. So uh, I think this number short, regardless of who, who the QB is for uh, Baltimore. I like the Bengals as well. Actually, I'm going to disagree. I think in a small sample size, Huntley is better than Lamar Jackson. He throws a better ball. He can still run. He makes better decisions. His accuracy is better. He has a great relationship with Andrews. I know the guys drop a lot of balls with Lamar, but I'm going to say this. Like I watch Huntley and Rob in that game, in these games where Lamar went out, he actually comes back and does great things. He's been fantastic for a young quarterback. It, like I see regression oh. from Lamar and I see improvement. Hey, small sample size. Yes. I, I understand that. This I understand is, that. This I'm is the saying, issue with the young guys. Lamar Jackson is a guy that I, I you worry about him sometimes because he throws bad balls. Well, I, I, I've, I've often maintained that Lamar is overrated. He, he's a great playmaker. He does have these games where he's just unstoppable and there's nothing you yep. can do to stop him. And, and like, 
you, you tip your hat to him, but he has too many of the games where he's just completely inconsistent and he yeah. can't throw a ball downfield. The thing with Huntley, I will say is he he's, he's fine. Like he's looked good so far. Um, a lot, a lot of that game against green Bay, he looked great, but as more and more tape starts to come out on these younger guys, it becomes more challenging for them to duplicate it going forwards. And we see this happen in the NFL. A lot of times where a guy will start two, three games, he'll look really good. And then it just kind of starts to go downhill. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Huntley, but I think that's like, that's likely the case. I mean, um, more likely than not either way. I just think this is a matchup where Cincinnati's offense gets back on track. Like this is a defense that I think they can totally shred. I think that people are kind of sleeping on the Bengals to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think that they're an elite yep. team, but I could see them winning the AFC just because I don't think that any of the AFC teams are all that great. Like they're firmly in the mix with the Colts and the bills and the chiefs and the Patriots and you know the chargers. Uh, like I think that they're a cut above the Broncos and Steelers uh, even Ravens yes. at this point, Browns, like all the other teams that are kind of in Miami, all the other teams that are in the mix. It feels like Cincinnati is like much closer to that top tier than that next tier down. And I think that people firmly put them in that next tier down. I, I kind of disagree. I, I don't like the Bengals going forwards. I like them in this matchup because I don't like the Ravens either. But to me, the Bengals have, they've really feasted on a soft schedule this year. For the most part, they've played one of the easiest schedules in the entire league. Now, obviously, you still have to beat those opponents. I'm not taking away the wins from them. But if I see them playing a game, for example, in the playoffs against the Chiefs or the Patriots, even the Chargers, I think, are better. The Bills, I think, are better. I think there's just too many, like, they're going to run a, have to run a gauntlet, I think, of teams that I consider to be better than them. This bother. This is the thing. Like I have a different opinion of the Patriots than everybody else. Like I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they are. It's a system right now. When Mac Jones, like you're going to put the game on his shoulders. Anyway, we're not going to get into this. You're right. The Cincinnati Bengals have played a soft schedule, Pat, but I do agree with you. I think they're better than people think, and I think they're a very dangerous football team. They seem to be a team that I'm just surprised how good their pass defense has been this year, and maybe that's a product of playing mm -hmm. some pretty bad passing teams. But I like going into the year. I just assumed this defense was going to be one of the worst in football, and it's it's just not. Like, they've manufactured a pass rush out of nowhere. Like, their corners are pretty decent. Like, they, they can pat down passes. It's kind of ridiculous, and it seems like their offense gets out of sorts at times, but if they just came, like, let's say they played the Colts in the first round, because that's a plausible matchup, I think, like a four versus five or three versus six, if Tennessee holds on to win the division. Like, it wouldn't stun me if, like, all of a sudden that Cincinnati went and posted, like, 39 points on the Colts in the playoffs in Cincinnati. It wouldn't stun me either. But, like, if we're looking at the large sample of Cincinnati, Cincinnati's been very easy to predict this year for the most part. It's it's basically, like, if they're playing a team that we think they should beat, they're going to beat them. And if they're playing a team that we don't think they should beat, they're going to lose. And, I, you know, like, we look at the, the two of the three weeks prior to this, right, against the Chargers and the 49ers. Those were games where... I know the 49ers game went to overtime, but they were beat down for three quarters of that game. The Chargers, I mean, same thing. Chargers had a bad spell where they let Cincinnati back into the game, but for the most part, they dominated them. So I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Cincinnati's a paper tiger personally. Like if they played the Colts, I think the Colts are a much more complete football team than the Bengals. Although you could make the argument that Burrow's just that much better than Carson Wentz, so he's always going to give them a chance. And I think that's a fair argument as well i do think in that game if that was the case that the colts would be favored in cincinnati they'd probably be favored by like two points yeah. or something like that in a first round playoff be game. Close. and yeah. i would say the percentages would probably lean indianapolis to win that game it just feels like if cincinnati was rolling right maybe you can say this about a ton of teams but it feels like yeah. their their ceiling especially offensively is just as good as any other team like the elite teams in the afc they have so much great like their skill position players on offense are fantastic. They have a quarterback who, while he's still young and inconsistent, could roll three or four games very easily where he plays top top level. It's just, I mean, I, I think we, we had this AFC conversation like three or four weeks ago. I think when you look at the entire AFC, you can make an argument against every single team. Um, th there's no one that, I mean, I think the Chiefs are clear cut above everyone else, but they're still not the Chiefs of the past especially offensively. It's just, I, I I'm, I'm struggling to see, like, like you said, Pat, Cincinnati probably be an underdog to Indianapolis. And when I look at all these teams that are going to make the playoffs in the AFC, 
it's very difficult for me to say that like Cincinnati's going to have to have one of those where it's like one of those Steelers runs to the Super Bowl where they're underdog in every single game and they end up winning all those games. It's possible. I just don't think it's likely. You know, I mean, if they get to the Super Bowl, I think it would be like that Cardinals run with Kurt Warner. Like that mm-hmm. sort of team where it's like, oh, this team's like, they can score a bunch of points, but they're just going to get trashed. They're still covered against the Steelers by the hook, baby. Remember that Super Bowl. <laughs> I do. Yep. Uh, yep. Cam, Cam, where are you going? <laughs> are you going to take Cincinnati as well? We need to catch up. We're not, nah, to, we're not doing yeah, well with this Silver. This is the thing. I, I, just because it's a Christmas show, like we got to mix it up a little bit. Hey, I'm on Cincinnati, so we're going to put Cincinnati, I'll, I'll ever put them in the bronze hole. I, don't, I, I really like them this week as well. I have a problem. I don't know what to do. I like two games in Silver. And I can't decide like four games this week. And I had three. Can I try Cleveland to, plus uh, seven. I, I was going to say, can I, I, can I try to get, is are the lions? Oh, the other, okay. are the Damn lions? It, I wish you told me. No, Cam doesn't no, like no. the lions. I don't week. like the lions. This is not a spot for that. What Cam no. would take the lions no. because they won last week. You don't yeah. take them off the, off the win. That's right. Okay, can we, can we try to predict Cam's uh, sure. remainder? Yes. Of Cam's uh, picks? I actually, I think, I think Vikings. you'll probably get it. Maybe Viking, Vikings for sure is on Cam's <laughs> radar. 100%. <laughs> Vikings is on his radar. Skull, baby. Yes, uh, he, not cold. And, and, he, and Houston Texans plus ten at home. No, I looked. At, I didn't make it, but I no. looked at it. But no, didn't make that, it. Okay, he already told us Cleveland. I, yeah. I, I know. So for sure, Cleveland Vikings definitely is fits his. Yes, the Bears probably. The Bears Bills probably fits his bill. Uh, actually, you know what, Pat? Ding, you guys hit it. The bear, the Bears, Browns, and uh, and Vikings were the teams that I needed to narrow it down from. One my, of those, my one of those is going to be my one of those Bengals. is going to be my bronze. So I'll, I'll let you. Okay. I don't want to sway what you take as your silver, but one of those is my bronze. I can't believe like what we didn't even talk. Like it's like telepathy. Was this some kind of Star Trek episode? We like all the same games this week. This is either going to be a great holiday or a nasty, nasty, bad, 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 bad holiday. More like a festivus. Next next you know week what? will be the airing of grievances. If this is a bad exactly. Week. So I'm going to put Cincinnati in the bronze hole pack. Give me Minnesota. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, that's different than yours, right, Rob? I'm not taking Minnesota. Okay, here's the thing. You want to talk about paper tigers? This team might be there in the end is the Rams. Jared Goff, if he was the quarterback, I don't know. You can bring out the numbers. I don't care. I'm just giving you the eye test right now. Matt Stafford is regressing in a way that I've, he, he, he's so bad against blitzes. He cannot be slow to react. I don't know what is going on with this team. They are overrated with a bunch of stars on their team. Seattle should have won that game. I Hey, the Rams might kick the Vikings' ass this week. I don't care. Minnesota, to me, Kirk Cousins is having a fine year. Jefferson is an elite receiver. I love their running game, and their defense is getting better on a weekly basis. I wish I got three, Pat. I was looking for the, the DraftKings miracle plus three. I see two and a half, and I don't think I'm going to get three. I'll still take it at two and a half. Give me the damn Vikings. I think they win this game, and I think this team is very dangerous. I don't know, Rob. I know you'll have some data to tell me I'm a, tur- a turkey. No, no. Uh, take No, no. No, here's the thing. The Rams might be there in the end. I know how good they can be with that defense. I just got an issue watching these guys play every week. They don't look very good to me. And Matt Stafford is a guy that is not playing elite football. That's my take. Rob, Fair, Pizz- uh, Rob Pizzola, if I go to betstamp.app right now, could I yeah. find a plus three? Because I feel like I could. You absolutely could find a plus three in this game. But also on top of that, DraftKings is offering plus two and a half, plus one, 105. I'll take which, plus money. Sure. Which, which if you were to buy the half point there, you're still buying to three minus 110. So it, it's basically like you're betting. Oh, you're giving me three? We'll give you three. Yeah. This is absolutely a three. It, it, it's, cr- it's, Merry Christmas. it's Christmas, yes, pal. It's Christmas. It, Thanks, but on guys. top of that, I appreciate that he actually used the DraftKings line this week. So for sure, we're going to give him three because he, he was willing to take the two and a half. Like normally you, Cam's out here begging for the half point. Like, come on, guys. Can you give me the three, the three and a half? Or whatever. True. I, but there's guys worse on the show than me. Oh, I bet it this week. It's like three points difference. Like, I'm not that bad. You're right. I'm always going for the close shave. I'm looking for a half point here and there. But there's nothing. Know. there's nothing that bothers me more than the guy who's doing media on on Thursday or Friday, yes. who's like, you know, I bet this game at a pick them, but I'm going to like, uh, exactly. you, know, you can go bet minus three now. Hey, it's like, hey buddy, I've, like, al- I've already done that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, you, you did that with San Fran and the line has moved, uh, moved against you. Yeah, but I did it with Cincinnati too. I had two and a half it's on true. Cincinnati. Yes, I, actually, I got Cincinnati at two and a half. So too, we all bet Cincinnati yes. two and a half. But, <laughs> but, but, but like that's that kind of stuff bothers me. It's like, all right, buddy. Like, 
let's move right, on. You're a straight up liar because that lie never existed. Well, even if it yeah. did, like you're, what, what, what good is that doing anybody? Like if, if they're either going right. to tail you at a bad price or like nobody cares, just move on with your life. Excellent, Excellent point. Well, um, I was going to make, I, for my bronze pick, I was going right. to suggest a game that I bet at plus two and a half. That is, a, I believe, a pick or minus one now. <laughs> I didn't go look at it. So I, I probably what, Jets to, and Jaguars? Yeah. <laughs> as, soon as, the, as soon as the news hit about the Jets, I just insta-bet the Jags. <laughs> Who's um? Who's like the it's Charlie week. Hoffman, right? That's sponsored by Waste Management. Yeah, right. yes. This should, be the, yes. this should be the Waste Management Bowl right here. <laughs> yeah, this, like, this Jets, game should Jets be it should be the Rotten Sewage dot com dot org. Like I don't think this game who, is absolutely brutal. Who is the biggest dumpster manufacturer? Does anyone know? SCS SCS Manufacturing. The SCS Manufacturing. I know the company. Like when you got like feces and bad things in your home and if your toilet blows up serve pro seems to be the company that comes to the rescue you got a lot of experience <laughs> with that you clog a lot of toilets there cam I, I do clog a lot of toilets if my toilet could talk oh god the things it would say if it could actually like strangle me it would yeah but anyway I, i've actually been eating better and that's the problem with eating better the toilet hates me even more oh yeah than my mm. solid cheese yeah. diet that's I, a, that's another problem i've never had like i'm rocking salads hard Cucumbers, tomatoes, balsam, Pizzoli, be proud of me. Like, you know, the old Mediterranean way. You got the cucumbers, tomatoes, yep. olives, stuff like that. My toilet is just, I hate this asshole. Please go away. Better That's open up the windows before you, you get in that washroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember in like the, the mid-aughts, like 2006, 2007, yes. after like gaining 300 pounds in college, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to start eating better, yeah. not eat fast food three times a day, go back to exercising. My friend was like, you should, have, you should start having these green drinks and i was like all right i'll just have yeah, that instead it. of having a meal so he's throwing in like everything a- anything green that was possible with a little bit of juice mixed in blended it up for me he's like here have this i was like yeah this tastes oh, like oh. absolute garbage but you know i do feel good after i drink it so that's fine and then like an hour later i probably shit like 13 times over the course oh, of the next 24 hours yeah, it just it, went it, it, just yeah, everything came out of me that's the thing about eating healthy. Sometimes you eat healthy and you would think that you're eating so much worse because of how you feel like, you know, you got to run to the washroom like an hour. You're right. It's- no, what it is, Pozzola. It's almost like I'm having a cleanse now and I'm on the can all the time. Like all those fats that I've like, you know, in deposits that I put in over the years like that, like I feel weaker sometimes. I'm like, oh my God. Like, cause that's my body saying, dude, like we used to like chocolate bars and drinking Coke and eating bricks of cheese and, you know, uh, charcuterie, like sausages and stuff like that. You know, I'm da- I used to just go blah, 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 blah. like I wouldn't stop. Like I go to a party, I'd see those sausages and cheese out there, just take the whole block. But uh, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to get foliage uh, as part of my main diet. It as, sucks. As someone who tries to eat healthy most of the time, that is a kryptonite. What you just pointed out, Cam. Just going to a party and seeing like the meat tray or the cheese tray with, uh, the, with the crackers. That's why like, I'm glad it's I, COVID. I, I, I don't I, have to deal with that stuff anymore. Co- know, like, COVID is working in your favor is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying I used to go to Christmas parties and the, your friends that actually have money who actually are good hosts, like they'll leave that stuff out there and the exotic cheeses and oh yeah, this oh God, man. Those meat trays and seafood, like I can eat a shrimp ring. Just, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm like Friar Tuck and Rocket Robin Hood, Pat, like a bite. Blah, blah, blah. Just keep on going while Pizzola knows he's seen me yeah. in my prime. Like it's there's, disgusting. There's going to be like an article. It's breaking news. Canadian media personality <laughs> wants COVID to last longer so that he doesn't have to go out and hit charcuterie boards. Like <laughs> what well, one man says that COVID better for health. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, for mine it is, but anyway, I don't, I don't want to, say crazy things which but it's kind of true actually anyway well you know what i, Cam, I, I think i yeah. think you're lining up for a guest spot on like newsmax coming up like, you're like here's the guy <laughs> <laughs> i want this covid thing to be permanent no uh, it's it's the one good thing like just around this time of the season not seeing people is a good thing because like you know what i mean like somebody have like a bowl full of chocolates and i'll like i i can't do that stuff anymore right so it's kind of nice that uh I'm just going to cook a bird. Pizzoli, you'd be proud of me. I actually had uh, yesterday a lean chicken, butternut squash, vegetables. Like I'm on the can all day, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm cleaning that's, myself out. That's it. I am, proud. I am proud of you for making that. It's a drastic life change and a shift. It's it not easy for a lot of people to do, and I am proud of you for doing it. Cam. I wish they could create a cola that actually tastes like cola. Like I've had some guys in the chat on my show say this stevia stuff. Stevia oh, to me sucks. tastes like dirt. Sucks. Like I like I, I, this guy. Like when he was telling talking to me, oh, you need this brand. I bought it. I'm like, God, I just threw, like I 
put it right down the sink. I go, this stuff sucks. Coke, Coke Zero. Zero. Coke Zero it's tastes in... like Coke, though. No, and here's the Diet thing. Diet Coke Zola. doesn't taste like Coke. No, but Coke but Zero is Here's closer. the thing. I'm a cola monster. It's still like, I know they say the commercial, we got it right. Yeah, it's perfect. It's not. It's not. Like, for a guy that drinks a lot of Pepsi and Coke, it's still not there. Like, uh, there's yeah. got to be a way. We put people up on the moon. Or did we? Anyway, I need a cola <laughs> that tastes like an original. <laughs> That's all. We went out to dinner when I first moved back here. <laughs> uh, it was like a bunch of my friends. Cust was out there too. And the place that we went to, it, it's not like a hipster spot, but for whatever reason, yeah. they didn't have Pepsi or Coke. They just didn't wow. have soda, but they had Zevia. So we get <laughs> in there. And, that's, that's the one he suggested. God, I hate that stuff. So, it's horrible. Uh, so I it, hate it. The guy comes out with it because Cust wanted, Cust wasn't drinking. Cust rarely drinks. So there's no Diet Coke. There's no nothing. So he has a Zevia and he's very upset. And it turned out the waiter was a fan of the show, ran out and got Cust a Diet Coke without him knowing. Very nice. Yeah, no, I, 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 a good friend, like a very smart guy suggested this line to me. Like, he's like, you got to try this brand. And I tried it in vodka. It sucked. I tried it on its own. It sucked. Like I just, the taste of stevia to me, it's disgusting. Like I, I got the sugar packets. It's awful. Like that is not sugar. It's literally dirt. Like it's <laughs> like sugar twin with aspartame is sugar, but it's almost, it's too strong. That's the problem. One of those packs is like six things. Of sh- it's the, the, you know where I'm coming from, Pozzola. You got, uh, you got you you got type one though, right? I'm type two. But the thing is, they can't create something that is just like kind of close. They always miss. It either tastes like crap or it's too strong. They don't get the recipe right. It's a problem. I, I mean, I I haven't had an actual Coke in over a decade now. Wow. Like it's only been Coke Zero for me. So I'm just acclimated to that. I will say, like, if I get a diet Coke instead of a Coke Zero, it, I notice a difference. Like yeah. diet Coke, I can't, I could never do that permanently. But yeah. the Coke Zero to me tastes enough like the actual Coke itself where I've been able to get by. It's the closest. I'll put yeah. it that way. Cam, could you do like carbonated water? Like I'm just looking at the what I got right here right now. Shout out Blue Menu, lemon sparkling water. This stuff is delicious. I use that stuff. I use that stuff in vodka, Pat. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I like my I like my vodka, flat, uh, my water flat. Okay. Zola will tell you, I used to go to these Italian meetings for fantasy football and stuff and they'd get the bubbles and whatever. I'm, I'm more of a... Uh, San Pellegrino, like, you know, the flat water product, Pozzola. I just, I, I don't like bubbles in my water unless there's vodka in it. For sodas and stuff like that, yes, I, I need bubble. Actually, I love carbonation. My girlfriend's unreal. Like, she can drink vodka and just, like, throw tap water in it. That, ugh, that Like, no. I need, I have two things and I don't ask for a lot in life. That- lots of ice, <laughs> lots of bubbles. That's I- what I need. I, I can do the tap water in vodka as long as, as, long as I have a lemon wedge. As long as I have a lemon wedge to throw yeah, in it, some, I'm good. Some yeah, sort of citrus. You're yeah, right. Yeah, citrus will kind of die, but the bubbles help your tummy. Like when you have yeah. when you got acid reflux problems too, and as Pozzola knows, I have a long list of problems. Like I, I tap water and vodka, it's just like a sword going down there. I need bubbles, so <laughs> I do have the blue menu uh, soda, pat the lime and the lemon and. Uh, I don't like the frisky flavors though, like the pomegranate and stuff. Let, let, let's keep it regular. No, let, like let, just vodka soda. Let's roll with a real lemon. That's the way to go. You're yeah. Right. For, for these carbonated sodas, lemon is the only acceptable flavor because the other ones taste like absolute trash. But you're right. you once did this. Can you tell people about like, you know, the best sort of acid reflux pills, Cam? Because you because I would say like Tums helps me if I ever have it. But oh, you say Tums that- is amateur. Like for me, Tums is like like kindergarten and acids. Like I'll take a Tums and it won't even matter. Um, I'm on some powerful stuff right now. If you want, the problem is they had a recall with Zantac uh, back in the day. I know they have a new formula now and there's a new Zantac lady out there. That was the best for me. Like I take a Zantac. I don't even need the 150. The 75 usually did the job if you're really beat down. Like, too much hot sauce on wings. The 150 is good. Zantac's good. Uh, one that lasts over time, Prilosec OTC mm-hmm. is a strong antacid. Uh, for me, Pat, Rolaids and Tums are basically children's play for me. Like I need something in, 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 like upper level major league stuff, but Zantac was the one that works. And I will say this, for one that you can get over the counter, Gaviscon liquid is very, very good too. It comes in uh, fruit flavor, man. I like the butterscotch uh, or, or regular. That's the way I would roll with uh, Gaviscon. Growing up in an Italian household, you have one option and it's called Brioschi. Yeah, or Campari. And, yeah, well, Campari is an alcoholic beverage to like it's an It's the uh, same, but it's got the aperitif. it's got the mince in it that makes you t- your stomach feel great right. when you pigged out, right? Yeah, Brioschi is like this big blue bottle and it's just basically looks like uh, white worms in the bottle. It's but it's antacid like you just put it in your water, it dissolves and you know, you, you send drink, me a case. 
I'd like to try. You could find it at you could act, literally find it at any grocery store. Oh, you, I didn't you've just know. you've never you've never you, you you like walk past it all the time because there's better options like all the ones that you just listed out. Yeah. But that that was Oh, the, I like the bitters pozole. It's yeah. good after a big big meal. Yeah. After charcuterie if I after eat, eat charcuterie with a with, with the board. Yeah. I'll get some of that stuff. Yeah. Well, let's get back to football, I suppose. What the we... hell just happened here? Have we done bronze picks yet? No, well, you, oh, get, we you, you gave us Cincinnati minus three as your bronze pick because it was yeah. both of and our Vikings silver Vikings as silver, even though if, if Cleveland are the Bears cover, I'm going to be pissed. But anyway, I'll go with the, the Vikings so, plus three. Thanks. So, Rob, are you team Cleveland or team Chicago here? I'm, I'm team Bears for my bronze at six and a half. And yeah. I, I ordinarily stay away from betting on bad teams unless – they're betting, uh, they're playing another bad team. And in my opinion, Seattle's pretty bad right now. Uh, I know that they kind of got, they did get hosed. Let's call it out for what it is against yep, the Rams. Did. That was very one-sided officiating, but the offense is still struggling mightily to get it together. And they have a commitment to running the ball, which in my opinion is a very bad recipe for success against the Bears now that they have Akeem Hicks back in the lineup as well. So, you know, Seattle's going to pound the rock. You're going to face a lot of third down situations overall. And like, let's call it out for what it is. Their season's over. Like it's a demoralizing loss against the Rams. Pete Carroll's kind of like a lame duck coach. Russell Wilson is going to be moving on. And like, this is very narrative analysis, but my number in this game was only four, four and a half. So regardless, even if I strip out those narratives and I just say, let's look at the matchups in this game, I don't see what warrants Seattle being close to a touchdown favorite in this spot. The Bears very misleading final score Monday night football. They were the ones that got hosed in that game as well. They doubled the Vikings in total yep. yardage. They bogged down in the red zone. Uh, I just think this is way too many points. So uh, Chicago plus six and a half, maybe the one game in the entire year where the Bears might have a head coaching uh, mismatch against they Pete have an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. So you like the Bears too, Cam? Because I like the Bears. Oh, I too. love them. Patola said everything. All right, Roquan Smith back in there. That's the thing. Like, if it wasn't for Justin Fields and like just horrible red zone play, they would have beat the Vikings outright in that game. The referees screwed them on. They would have been off the field on some really questionable calls that kept drives going. I think uh, as a Seattle fan, I'm going to be real. That was their last stand against the Rams. I think uh, they got hosed by the officials. It was actually disgusting. Pete Carroll, though, this guy's a moron. He's still running on like third and seven, going oh, for like third well, and a, six a draw, at midfield. A, a draw for one yard. I'm like, and then literally, they call a timeout. I, I know. <laughs> and then he calls a timeout. Like, uh, like, like me, Pozzola, you, Pat, drunk. Like, you know, when I did that episode, I, I could do a better job. Like, I don't know how this guy's an NFL coach. Like, basic, basic stuff he can't figure out, and it's really wrong. Seattle's a poorly coached team. Uh, I think the Bears could win this game outright. You got to take the points. Yeah, I think if we were to do some sort of gimmick where we had to pick an underdog on the money line who was like yes. plus 140 or like higher, I think this is like the clear one, isn't it? Agreed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't see what Seattle has done that warrants them being in this situation. Like even against Davis Mills a couple weeks ago, Mills had a great first half against them. Like True. he was moving the ball pretty easily and Fields, the red zone stuff is a problem, but he is getting better. He is moving the ball a little bit more consistently between the 20s as well. So I've seen some positive uh, upside for him, or, or at least like he's on an uphill trajectory. I, like, it, it could still be an ugly. You bet the Bears, you know what you're getting into. I'm fully, I could sit there and the, the Seahawks will win the game 27-3. I'll be like, you know what? I bet the Bears, it's my fault. But th this number is too large. Like yeah. it's just too big for what Seattle is right now. Ah, two news items here. Just breaking as this is coming out as we're talking about this. One, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson is now on the injury report with an ankle injury. So he's now like iffy to play. So go get your Bears bets in now. Because uh, I don't know. It's probably not. Seahawks, uh, uh, I'll tell you, Geno Smith covered every single game oh, that God. he started for. Yeah, but, yeah, but, he, but he, he, he was not a minus six and a half favorite. In no, those no. Games. Yeah, 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 you are correct. You are correct. I'm just saying Russell Wilson's more banged up. That's yes. the thing. There's a misconception out there, right? So I, I had mentioned I had bet the Jags earlier in the week at plus two and a half. It now is being reported that James, Jamison Crowder has a calf injury, and he might not play now. They have like 15 guys on COVID. Salah's not there. And they still have Zach Wilson as their quarterback, which can only really favor everything that's going on. The problem is, is like, I'm looking at it at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. It's still a pick em. With this Crowder news, like this game is going to be like minus one, minus two by the time Sunday comes along for the Jags, isn't it? The problem is, Pat. I don't like it then. Gonna you're still going to need the Jags to win, win the game. Yeah, but at plus two and a half, I don't. <laughs> exactly. Like, That's I, true. Like, I, I'm, not, say this, I'm, I'm not giving it out as, as a pick. Like, I don't like it yeah. as a pick. I liked it at two and a half. 
Yeah. I think the Jags have been horrible, but this is the one time like Lawrence, you know, a week after the Meyer crap. And I can't believe it. Like I look back at my picks and we go two and one last week. My Jacksonville pick was so bad. And I thought about it the whole day. I'm like, Cam, that is not you. You're actually laying points with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, what the hell are you doing? Sometimes we have these mind uh, farts, yeah. you know what I mean? But this is this is a, this could be the spot. Lawrence versus Wilson, draft pick time. I don't know. But the Jags are just a horrible football team. Tough game. They are, but they're also – so I talked about this with the Jets last week playing Miami and Zach Wilson's numbers against the Blitz. And the Jags are another heavy Blitz team, and they are actually able to generate pressure. Like, it is a pretty bad – you still, again, you still need Trevor Lawrence to do something in the Jags to score. But from a matchup perspective, I do like it for the Jags. And then you add in all these injuries for the Jets and you add in the possibility of Crowder being out. Like they already are missing Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. They're going to have like Denzel Mims, Keelan Cole. I don't even know who the third receiver would well, be there. Well, it, it would be Vincent Smith, but he's on the COVID list as well. So that, <laughs> that's a tough break for him. It's Braxton Berrios. Yeah, I was going to say, bet, bad, bet Braxton Berrios over receptions in this game if yeah, he's playing. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> he'll have yeah, like, he's good. He'll have 12 receptions for 34 yards or something stupid yeah, like that. <laughs> but the, big, the, the biggest, the two biggest mismatches in this game, though, Pizzoli, you pointed it out the blitz that the Jags bring that they can generate pressure. And the Jets' run defense isn't just the worst in football. It's the worst in football by a pretty significant margin. Like the Lions are second worst and the Jags are third worst and the Jets aren't even in like their stratosphere. That's how bad they are. At least the Jags can run the ball with James Robinson. They can. And I, I noticed last week without Urban Meyer on the sideline, they did utilize James <laughs> Robinson a lot more, which I think will be better for them going forward. So uh, I, I could not bet the Jets in this game. It, it, it would be Jags or nothing. But I mean, I have like... I have a lot of better things to do on the week of Christmas than than be sweating out. A I actually game. don't. I'll probably <laughs> bet the game and I'll take the Jaguars. Thank you. Well, how, what would the line have to be in this game that you wouldn't take the Jags? Uh, Jags minus two and a half. Three. If it got uh, three, I couldn't take them at three. I'd take them up to two, 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 two and a half. Yeah, that's max. All right, so I'm having a few problems here with my third one, like I mentioned. Uh, it might be a big prop week for me instead of doing anything else. Like, I instinctively just want to take the Cardinals on Saturday night because I think that 99.9999% of people will just take the Colts in that game, and that never works out well. But when I assess it, like, the Colts should win based on how the Cardinals have played. I kind of like the Colts in that game. I, I, I think I think everyone in the world likes the Colts in that game. Dude, that's a pro. I, that's not good. <laughs> I, I like the cards. Can I... Cam, I will yep. give you credit for winning the Colts last week. <laughs> I, I'm going to start by that. This is not of like, a, I, I should have won the Patriots or anything like that, but like, let's really break down the Colts win last week. Okay. Yeah, before, a great be, first half. before that Jonathan Taylor touchdown to ice the game, they had 208 yards on 51 plays. Yeah, they were melting down. They basically had four yards per play. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't really move the ball consistently in that game. They get a punt block for a touchdown, which like, every team I've ever bet on, like I never get a punt block in my favor. That's a story for another day, but punt block for a touchdown penalties. Uh, New England had eight for 50 yards. The Colts had two for 13 yards. They won the turnover battle two to one. That's despite the fact that Carson Wentz <laughs> threw 12 passes in the game. Four of them were turnover worthy plays. He yep. only ended up with one. One of them would have been a pick six for the Patriots. He dropped it. One of them would have taken three points off the board for the Colts because it's in the red zone. I don't understand, like, I get that they beat the Patriots, but I don't understand why there's so much more love for the Colts this week as if it's just this foregone conclusion that they're going to beat another good football team. Like People see Arizona losing to Detroit. It's a very simple concept, actually. And Arizona's not that bad. They didn't show up in that game. They, you, they, they were yes. not there. If you bet this game last week, if you look at Indianapolis, Arizona last week, the line was Cardinals minus four and a half. Wow. So that, that's how far we've come over the course of a week. Now, I'm not saying that you don't downgrade the Cardinals. You have to. Like, you, they lost the Lions and they got smoked. There, there's a downgrade there. But they can also still pass the ball. And they're going up against a D that doesn't generate pressure. Like, the Colts do not get after the quarterback. So, I mean, I could see a situation where Kyler Murray drops back and he's just wheeling and dealing in this game. And I, I mean... Uh, to me, this is just like a numbers play more than anything. I can understand why somebody would like Indianapolis, but like when we get to the point where the game is just a basically become a pick 'em in Arizona, it, it becomes cards or nothing for me. 
that's almost where I was landing at with this. But the other games I looked at is actually another one-point spread. The Broncos are now one-point favorites. I feel like just fading Drew Locke is a really smart idea. And I know that he sucks under pressure, and especially against the Blitz. But as we've seen with the Raiders, they don't need to blitz to generate pressure. So that's still going to be a problem, even though their blitz percentage is really low. They, This is tricky because Drew Locke stinks. I've, I don't like him at all. He's definitely a downgrade to Teddy. But the, the Broncos do have good tackles in Bobby Massey and Garrett Bowles. So if the Raiders don't blitz, I don't know how much pressure they're actually going to be generating in this game. And by the way, they don't blitz. 12.5% of the time, it's by far the lowest in the league. Drew Locke's numbers, like Pat said, clean pocket, no blitz. They're actually quite good over the course of his career. So it's a guy like you really have to rattle him and he will get rattled. Like he'll make some turnovers and whatever. But the Raiders have now played seven games without Henry Ruggs. They have not top like six of the seven games they've scored 16 points or less the offense is so bad right so now. so under is the move here under is a good play yeah 41 I, and a half is pretty low though it is a low play. total but like i i don't is darren waller back for the raiders for sure not for sure we don't know that as of yet but that would be a huge boost to their offense i would You're feel telling like. me that that would change things significantly for me because not having him on the field has really hurt them as well which one of the big favorites cover? Because, like, the Eagles and Dallas, like, Dallas just continues to cover these big spreads, not in the most um, comforting fashion, but they continue to cover them. And, like, the Giants get blown out by everyone. They can't even cover against them. They lost by, like, 14 to Miami. Like, the Eagles should blow them out. Dallas should blow out Washington. And I don't know what to make of the Bucks, but... Even if they don't like Carolina, I think everyone, I I pick Carolina on the show, but the more I'm thinking about it now is like, realistically, do they need Fournette Evans and Godwin? Like they're going to get Antonio Brown back. Ronald Jones is probably a Leonard Fournette equivalent. Uh, Like, and Cam Newton is still starting this game. And now Matt rules talking about playing Sam Darnold at points during this game. I just think that Carolina is bad and they're going to get smoked. (laughs) That game to me is like a dead nut under 44. I, I don't, I don't know how the Panthers score double digits, because like the Panthers want to run the ball now. That's why they fired Joe Brady. <laughs> like that's the recipe for disaster against the Bucks. Like against the Bucks defense, you want to throw as much as possible, not be running it. But even if they do come out and throw, they can't throw the ball. Like Cam Newton <laughs> cannot throw the ball. So and then like Tampa Bay, you go go. People thought Brady was washed when he left New England in that final year because he had no weapons and like they couldn't generate anything on offense. That's basically what it's happening here. Now they get Antonio Brown back. And, and they have, uh, they, 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 have a, they have a little guy named Rob Gronkowski as well, by the way. True, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. true, fine. Offensive weapon. It's not, it's not exactly the same situation. To me, the, the, the favorite, like Pittsburgh's drawing a lot of money because of the Kansas not, City Not COVID doing situation. that at all. Can't, no, I don't, no, no. I don't, to I don't me, can't. I'm the other way. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll wait for this to go as far as possible and for people to take Pittsburgh. I don't, like... Pittsburgh needs to score in some capacity. And I don't think that they can because like the defensive line for the chiefs is great. The Steelers O-line is terrible. There's I, all I, here. I think everyone's good. Pittsburgh's going to be a public dog. If that line goes to seven, I, I think Kansas city might throttle these guys. E- even at seven and a half, I still think it's a pretty good line to be perfectly honest so, with you. Well, like even you if, know, even, you got, like if Kelsey and Hill are out and that's really the uh, fear right now, you get one of them back. I think that they're fine. And they could still probably win, score 25 points with, you know, the, the thing is, the jabronis Pat, in the background. Yeah, you want to talk jabronis. Tennessee basically gave these guys like the game on a platter and they barely took it. Like they went turnover, turnover, turnover. Pittsburgh can't generate crap. They can't march the field. They can't do anything. I don't even care. Fenton might be out for Kansas City. It doesn't matter. If people bet Pittsburgh and that line goes to seven, I, I almost would use that game on this show, even though I like the Bears and Cincinnati and uh, the Miami more. I'm telling you, people bet the Steelers. Please do, so I can take Kansas City. If Hill and Kelsey do get officially ruled out in that game, there will be even more Steelers money. This will come down on the other side of seven. For me, this is a game where you wait till the absolute last minute, and then you bet Kansas City. I'm with you on that one. So we can't give it out at seven and a half right now because we're probably going to end up getting a better number. The last one, I really like the Falcons. Now it's minus six. I just feel like this is the type of game where they actually look like the Falcons that people have in their minds when they think that the Falcons are good. This is the type of game and a huge letdown spot for the Lions. You said if the Jaguar Jets game was the hot sewage bowl, what's this? Uh, uh, A mitt full of maggot bowl? Like this game (laughs) sucks too. The Falcons suck. 
Detroit's coming off that win. Am I laying six points with the with no. the Atlanta Falcons? I, have, I don't know. The other one Pass. was. Texans plus 10 against the Chargers because the Chargers could be dealing like no Bosa, probably no Austin Eckler in this game. Don't know what's going on with the COVID situation with them, but it seems like it's kind of rampant at the moment. Now, yes, without Austin Eckler and Joey Bosa, they could most definitely beat the Texans by more than 10 on the road. The <laughs> I've been saying this is a joke for a few weeks, but it's starting to seem like it's not a joke just based on how all these guys are playing. So, Cam, let me ask you this truthfully. Has has Davis Mills been the second best rookie quarterback this year? I'm going to say this. I've defended Davis Mills for a long time. I made some mistakes. And you know what? Yeah, he's been fine. This guy's a third-round draft pick out of Stanford, and people are ripping him. The media, like, are you watching this guy play? I get it. His fastball tops out about 76, but he is a guy that wasn't expected to do anything with the weapons that they have. Him and Brandon Cooks have a good relationship. He's doing great. Like, honestly, Pozzola, you got to admit, like, I know he's he's not a world beater. But Davis Mills, compared to all these other stiffs that they roll out all the time, has been great. Better than expected. Third round pick, and he's doing this. Zach Wilson, horrible. Trevor Lawrence, give me a break. He looks awful out there. So you know what? Davis Mills has been good. Let's give the guy a little bit of credit. I think he definitely, he had a really tough stretch of opponents earlier in the year, like like Carolina, Buffalo, New England, Indy, Cardinals, Rams. Like, it, it was a tough stretch for him. Now he's played Jacksonville and Seattle. We see him on the Ascension. He's probably somewhere in between, but I think Davis Mills has, has earned the starting job for next year for, like for the Texans because Houston's not going to win anything next year. They might as well see what they got and ride a full ride season Taylor. with him. No, it's not right. going to happen. So uh, I, I think Mills is like, the chances of him being an NFL starting quarterback are low. They're probably something like 10 to 20%, but you, you, I mean, he, we've seen enough from him over the course of the year where he's trending uphill that I think you can give him some more time to try to try to learn the system. And I do think that starting Davis Mills next year is actually a coup for the Texans because it doesn't, I mean, I don't know enough about college football to make any accurate project predictions, but just based off what I've read, it doesn't seem like there's a game-changing quarterback available at number one in this draft or number two. It that, what's from that? Uh, Pittsburgh. But, but not top five, not like a top no. five guy. Yeah. But, but like, is that a Joe Burrow type of talent? Or even what we considered Trevor Lawrence to be, and Trevor Lawrence isn't looking that way right now. Good. I don't know, Trevor, right but, now. But, but, <laughs> if you're, but if you're going to be bad anyway, wouldn't it behoove you to draft yeah. like the stud defensive lineman, like the, that pass rusher, build up the defensive line, build up the offensive line, and then go get your quarterback. Yeah, because that makes sense. You could, I mean, they might have a whole lot of draft capital coming if all of a sudden they can trade Deshaun Watson for like three first-round picks. There's another guy, Pat, Golden Corral, Matt Corral from Ole Miss. He's, I think he's a very, very decent quarterback. Zappy from Western uh, Kentucky. There's a lot of guys, I think, that are actually like, you know what I mean, not, not top, but, top, top. But I watch enough college football to know. These guys, I think, are very, very good. Basically, I know, like, listen, the, the analysts get this wrong all the time, but I've just seen this. Like, the way that they talk about these quarterbacks reminds me of the way that they were talking about, like, the Bortles and Christian Ponder class. We're like, oh, yeah, these guys are really good. And, like, <laughs> nah, no, they're not. <laughs> no. So, I am going to actually. <laughs> not even going to say anything. Uh, yeah, Blake since since the game is still at a pick I will just ride Jacksonville to go with the anti-cust pick here. Beautiful. Um, yep. So that, that should be a lot of fun. Guys, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I hope everyone out there has a Merry Christmas. Ooh. Rob, uh, are we, are, Rob and Cam, are we good for next week? Do you think we can pull this off on a Thursday or Friday? I'm going to be I, watching I, football anyways so, and like prepping for yeah. it all week. So we might as well. So what day is that? So I'm trying to think. I don't want it. Friday is, is that New Year's Eve? Friday New Year's Eve. Friday so let's is, do it the day before. Let's do it on the day before New Year's Eve because actually I'm working Christmas Eve and they're giving me New Year's Eve off so I can actually spend some time with my girlfriend instead of just watching football and sports and betting all day. Maybe I'll just get her involved in it. Just say, you know, give me some money and we'll put a parlay together. All right. Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me, Pat. All right. Next Thursday, 9 a.m. Eastern time, we shall record. And that works out for me because I have a physio appointment on Friday at the time that we normally record anyway, because yeah, yeah. I thought I, I, I rehab my year end benefits. Got to use those year end benefits before oh. it turns over to January. He's got, he, he got be- benefits. What from his own corporation? Give me <laughs> benefits. I, I, break. I, I do have Blue Cross Blue Shields. I, no, I, I, I have. Uh, what do I have? Manulife is what I have. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got the. You got the business. Manulife. Yeah, yeah, I have Manulife. the same card. Yeah, that, that's the. Move. I got. Th- 
who am I with? Uh, with those ter- uh, Sun Life, I think I got Sun Life. Yeah, you know, they're all, they're all good in one way or another. Uh, it depends. Yeah, you just some wait are for better that check for in the mail. Yeah, yeah. some pay a little bit quicker. That's all. It's, they get the job done. So that's true. That's going to do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. We'll be back next week with the full complimented shows. We're going to have part two of the golf draft on Monday, but you can access that right now in the Mayo Media newsletter. If you are a subscriber, just go over to Substack and type in Mayo Media. Uh, Christmas Day, Cuss Corner. Then we're going to have the ranking show on Tuesday, the spread pick show on Wednesday, this show next third. No, this show next Friday, I think. And then then Feinberg and I have a season preview to golf that's coming out next week at some time, too. That's already done. So... I get to pump the brakes a little bit here over the Christmas holidays, which I am looking forward to. So I hope you guys all have a safe and happy Christmas. Download the show, sub to the channel, do all that fun stuff. Play in the Listener's League. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.